Hi, everybody. It's your host, Kay Did, coming back to you one more time. Guys, thank you for listening to podcasts thus far. I have some, you know, stuff to get in the way. So we have our panel on this Thursday, I want to say the 11th, <laughs> at 12.30 to I think 1.30. Lord, if you could correct me there, I feel like my brain is jumbled right now. But we do have a panel. The information will be down below. So if I got the time wrong, I'm sorry. The links will be down below. Guys, also, if you want to follow us on Twitter, if you want to follow us on Facebook, if you want to follow us on Instagram, we are on all these platforms, even YouTube. We made a new YouTube channel, I want to say a couple months ago. We have a small amount of subscriber counts, guys. So if you, no matter what platform you are on, on Apple, on um, different things where you're listening to us on right now. If you want to go on YouTube, yes, we have some of the old podcasts on there, but we'll be doing some updates when we go out to different events and things like that. If you want to follow along with us and see our journey on how we're helping the homeless community, you definitely can. We have so many different guests today, guys. We have three to be exact. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy yourself. So today, if you don't know, guys, I do a lot of different things <laughs> in the realm of homelessness and homeless families and street homelessness and all these things. And one of the organizations that I work with was NYU. It's a college in New York City, but they obviously they have different majors and things like that. And I work with the Help by Housing Lab, which is basically taking health and housing and putting it together and realizing that they do coincide with each other and how they affect each other. So today I was doing actually an intern not internship. I think more of them is more internship. I'm more as a consultant this summer with the program. And we have two of the students on. We also have a fellow from um, Family Homeless Coalition, as you might know, that the coalition is the people who are funding this podcast. Um, they don't censor me, but they do fund everything that goes into the podcast. So um, we have a fellow from there. So guys, can you can introduce yourself right now and tell us more about yourselves. Sure thing. So thanks again for having us on. Super excited to be here. Uh, so I guess I'm one of the summer interns, summer scholars here, and then the other one will introduce himself in just a second. Um, but just to introduce like what we're part of this summer. So we're part of the Health by Housing Lab. Um, it's a lab at NYU. And just to kind of read a, a brief blurb that they have on their website, um, the lab aims to advance health and health equity by contributing towards a future in which all people have safe, stable, and affordable housing. So really understanding, you know, how housing, homelessness affect health and vice versa. And so how can we, you know, give that to everybody and make it affordable, stable and safe. Um, so that's kind of what the lab does. Me, myself, my name is Corey. I'm uh, a first year medical student, just finished my first year. I actually do my medical education at Hofstra in Long Island. Uh, and I'm here at NYU for the summer uh, to kind of learn from the people at this lab. Uh, take part in different activities like this podcast and kind of, you know, learn as much as I can. So thanks again for having me. And that's, that's me. And I'll pass it along to the next summer scholar. Thanks, Corey. Yeah, I'm Gabe. Also just finished my first year medical, uh, first year of medical school at NYU. I'm working in the same position as Corey as a summer scholar with the Health by Housing Lab. And the two of us have been working with Khadija throughout the summer. Um, I want to also thank Khadija for having us here very excited to learn a lot from this and also hopefully contribute to raising some more awareness about these issues. Thanks guys, it was nice working with you guys too. Um, I think how they put the NYU 
thing together for Help for Housing. I think it's a good idea that they've done that. So we're gonna go to our fellow and our, you know, our person for this week. Her name is Lourdes. She does work with me with the Family Homeless Coalition. She's one of the fellows here. I'm happy to have her on board and tell us more about her homeless journey. As you might know, the Family Homeless Coalition is to deal with families. So that's gonna be our main thing right now. So Lourdes, tell me a little bit about how you end up homeless in the shelter in New York City. First of all, hi everyone. Um, secondly, uh, just to give you a correction from something that you said earlier, it's on when it's on the 11th and it's from one from 11 to 12:30. Um, the podcast that we have the panel. Um, it all well, it all started in 2000, I believe, 13 or 14. I believe it all started with me not being being overage and getting kicked out of my house. I've been from place to place. Um, I didn't know anything about this whole system, the shelter system, getting HRA, or what most people know is as welfare. Um, but I ended up going to, you know, living from house to house after I got kicked out of my mother's house. Um, so it was a little difficult. I did go to school. Um, end up getting going. To, um, end up getting a diploma for J College of Business. Um, but after all that finished, it was like it was hard because I got kicked out again. So um, the person I was living with, she decided to tell me, "Look, you could go to the welfare office." I am so sorry about that. I'm going to the welfare office and getting help from them and see if they could put me in the shelter system or whatever it was. Which that really didn't work out. So um, then I ended up moving to book uh, to um, Cyan Island with a friend of mine, and things didn't get any better. I ended up having my son there, and it was very difficult. Um, then I tried to, you know, get myself together, which didn't work out a lot. But however, um. I ended up meeting my mom at one of her, one of my family members' house, and she was really the one who said, "Look, go to pass. You know, it might not be something you want to do, but right now you are you don't have nowhere to go because the last place you was in, um, they're kicking you out because the guy that I was renting from, he had um he had to move out." Guys, I'm not sure what was going on with the landlord, but I got kicked out of there again. So I was in past at this time. This was in 2015, like in September sometime. But my son at the time, he was going to daycare, which I had no problems with him then. Um, so things, no, things got worse. So I ended up going into past. Didn't have a job. Um, I was stuck in the middle of what am I going to do now? So, but I ended up going into past and to put in my pride down, obviously, because I feel like I had too much pride to say what I'm not going to the space, but I did it anyway, you know, for my son. Um, what else? Let me see. It was so difficult. Before you go on, Lourdes, how was the, yeah. like, when you went to path, 
how did you feel? Do you remember the feelings you felt when you walked in and saw um, what you see? Or was it just like you had to walk in somewhere, you got to do it for your son, and I got to do what I got to do? How was that experience for you? Um, honestly speaking, it was bad. Like, I've seen, just seen a lot of people in there and passed. I was like, oh, my God. Like, is this really happening? Like, I've never seen so many people besides the HRA office to be so packed. Like, I felt like in one way or another, at one point before I even walked in through the doors, I'm like, am I going to be the only one in this place? Coming into this place, and that's, I would be the only one in there. But when I went in and I looked at all these people that was in there, I'm like, wow, I guess I'm not the only one. In a way, I felt like a big weight off my shoulder. It might sound weird, but I felt like, okay, I'm not the only one who's trying to get help. And being with my son, who at the time showed signs of um, having some type of behavior issues, but at the time I didn't know. You know, it was difficult. It was really difficult. That's interesting. You took it way different than I am. I think because it's probably more positive than I am. Um, I took it like, even though it was packed, it was like doom and gloom. How did I get to this point? And I was just like, the mindset you came in with, it changed. But my mindset stayed throughout the whole process. And at one shelter, I actually cried because it was horrible. Um, but it's just so interesting how you felt, I guess you say more, more not alone. You know, I felt lonely. Cause I was like, I'm the only person, you know, everybody was around me. I was alone, but you felt like I'm not the only person in this problem. I'm not the only person in this predicament. So put you more. Don't get me twisted. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. I felt the same way, but in, in a way that, okay. I felt lonely with it. Like lonely and depressed within. I didn't show nobody, you know, but it was difficult. It was difficult, especially when I ended up getting into the actual uh, shelter itself. It's just a room by myself with my son. Right. You know, that's when everything hits you, you know, and I don't, don't let this happy go jolly outside person, you know, tell you any otherwise. I cried. I literally sat there, held my son a couple of times and just cried. Because I even asked myself, how the heck did I get myself in this position? You know, but I had to keep a positive mindset. I didn't want my son to look at me and ask me, mommy, what's wrong with you? You know, so it was difficult. It was really difficult. You know, um, I like, I didn't even last there, not even the 10 days. Because they give you like a 10 day period to, um, so they could um, see if you qualify, if you're eligible for it. I had to go back to pass after five days. And that was even more difficult. Because at the time, my son was actually going to daycare. And this, this was all the way in Brooklyn. I was all the way in Queens by um, LaGuardia Airport. And that was even hard. Until the lady that, you know, took care of him told me, like, look, if you can't come all the way over here, don't worry about it. You know, she understood my situation, which that was a good thing. But I didn't want my son to mess out either. Like, he was actually learning. 
So I'm like, I, I had a hard time, you know. Then I ended up going that same year. I ended up going to um to the Bronx. And there I was, I actually stayed there. I actually stayed there for about almost three years. Uh, from 2013 all the way to 2018. And, you know, it was hard too. I lost a lot of weight within the whole transitioning from being one place to another. Then that's when my son showed more signs of him being, um, having issues, behavior issues, ends up finding out that he had ADHD. Um, he had compulsive disorder to go with it. So it was a lot. And obviously I didn't want to believe it. I didn't want to think my child was difficult. I thought that my child was going to be a kid, was being a kid. I have a question for the medical students. Um, Cause I would think that so you probably do this in school. I'm not really sure. Um, are you born with ADHD or is it something that you develop over time? Is that something just like, you know, they, they put a lot of kids in it and it's like, I feel like they put mostly a lot of pressure on boys with this more than girls, but they say they find out about this stuff with the girls later in life. They say they don't diagnose it as much in girls until more adulthood, it seems like. But are we born with that kind of thing or um, ability or is it just like something in our surroundings or something happens to us while people or kids or anybody has ADHD or ADHD? Corey? That's a great question. To be honest, I'm not positive here, so I don't want to you know, put, <laughs> put forward some wrong information. My guess is that for a lot of these things, people usually say it's some balance of nature and nurture in terms of like, maybe there's a genetic component, maybe there isn't, maybe there's a component that's environmental, maybe there isn't. So it's kind of like the default answer, um, since I'm not an expert in this by any means. But if I were to guess, I would say maybe a combination of both. But again, I haven't studied this specifically, so I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know if Gabe has any further insight, but I'm guessing this is also a topic of research as well, where people might not be 100% certain. Got it. Yeah, similarly, I'm not completely certain, and Corey and I have only done one year of medical school so far, but my understanding of it is that there's a lot that still actually isn't clear about how ADHD works, and I think that currently people we tend to think that there's probably some kind of genetic predisposition and there's probably some kind of environmental component too. It seems to be that ADHD may run in families, but also may appear in somebody without any history of ADHD in their family. So I think it's some, some sort of combination, like Corey was saying, um, of being born with it or some environmental trigger that may, may bring it on. But again, I'm not an expert on this topic. Got it, got it. So, Lourdes, you said that you were losing weight and you was also depressed. Did people in the shelter see this was happening to you and try to help, or they just kind of left you to your own devices and they didn't really care as much on what to do with you? Um, they noticed that I was losing weight, but like you in the shelter system, like who really cares? You know, everybody's is doing their own thing, everybody was you know, minding their own business, even though you would say hi and bye to certain people and you got cool with them, with some of them, but they really didn't care. They were just out, like, they would show interest, like, yo, what's wrong with you? Um, Are you okay? You know, you could talk to me if you want to, 
But I've learned the hard way that not everybody is there for you. You know, it's looking for your best interest. So I just literally kept to myself and, you know, did what I had to do. You know, I tried, you know, getting out the house and seeing different faces, even though it was not the same neighborhood. But I would try to get out the house, trying to get myself out the mind state. Like, you can't do this. You can't be like this. You know, you're starting to look, like, really bad. And this is not you. So I had to literally talk myself out of it. You know, not only for my sake, but for my child's sake. You know, and it was difficult. It was really difficult, especially when I had to switch him from the daycare in Brooklyn, where he was going to, to a daycare in the Bronx. You know, and that got even worse. Like, that's when everything started hitting the fan. He was throwing things. And it got bad. It got really bad for me. Like, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if it was to give up. Or to, you know, keep pushing forward. Because, like I said, at the time, I didn't know he had an uh, issue. I didn't know he had, he was facing his own little demons within him at the time. Got it. I truly understand. I understand. And it's kind of crazy that um, they'll say they want to help, but they really not there to help. You know what I'm saying? I feel like they should have more medical personnel who understands how the mind actually works to help people in the shelter. Um, did you try to get outside help? Because the people in the shelter weren't helping you, like talking to somebody, a therapist or something like that? No, I didn't. I refused. They even, um, when I found out that my son, um, I did an early intervention while he was in school. And they even asked me, do you need help? I was like, no. I denied it. I didn't want to, you know, be one of those people to say, look, you need help. I didn't want to do that. I just kept to myself. I finally, I did it myself. I finally got out of it myself. But it was something that I chose not to. I'm not a person to speak about myself, you know, to tell everybody my business. I try to keep it to myself, especially if I don't know you or know them in particular. I say, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. And just keep it pushing. So I didn't ask. I didn't want to help. I dealt, it, I dealt with it by myself. So thinking back, rolling back, rolling back, about the first day you walked into the first shelter that you entered into, how did it feel? How did they greet you? How was the intake process? And how was it first stepping into your room? And that's a lot of questions, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's good, it's good. Um, like when I first walked in into the facility, it was like a hotel. It was like a hotel study. Like you got concierge people. Um, and they they greeted you, they were really friendly. Um, I don't remember me doing an intake process at the facility, but like somewhere in like in a few days that I was there, they did do the intake. I'm not sure it was like the next day I went in. Um, but, um, it was like, the room was like really tiny, you know, I mean, it was good for me and my son, but it was like small and it was like real depressing. It's just the going into the room and just say, oh my God, here's, here's where I'm going to be for God knows how long. 
it was just stressful, depressing, and like it was hard for me because my son got used to being in this environment where he had other kids to play with, and I'm here in this complete different world that I never knew could ever happen to me, and I didn't know how to interact with other people. So it was difficult. Hey guys, we are at the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening this far to part one of her story. And come in for part two and three. This one will be a three-parter like the ones we have done before. I hope you enjoy and follow us on all the social media platforms. We should have the resource packet down below of this video. And if you know anybody who needs the information, please pass it along. If you are a person who also has have lived experience or a person who has resources that would like to help people, please email us or DM us. And we would love to talk to you and have, us, have you on our podcast. Thank you and see you next time.